Republican. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican. And the truth, as I see it, is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division. And it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet. And why are there computers inside them when they just got to count shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> if you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again podcast, formerly known as Nonsense. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. We will be talking today mainly about the Durham report and everything that goes along with that and the country slowly waking up and more and more every day. I see it all the time and uh, it's, it's kind of exciting and a little bit scary because the more the country wakes up, the more the deep state, I believe, is going to do... Um, who knows, another 9-11 event perhaps, or start World War III, or whatever they have to do, because, you know, the people who think that the Department of Justice, or the FBI, or the CIA, or the government for that matter, are going to investigate themselves, you're, you're delusional. They're never going to do that, um, because why would they? <laughs> it, it makes zero sense. So it's going to have to become, they're, they're, if, if, Justice is ever going to prevail, it will have to be through military tribunals. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I the CIA is not going to find itself guilty of anything. The FBI is not going to find itself guilty. Like, the executive branch of the government is not going to be like, yep, we've been breaking laws. We're going to send ourselves to jail. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got to be a military thing when it comes down to it. Either that or just have enough new people in these different things that they can prosecute the old people without, uh, you know, like the every person that you fire, there's three people underneath that person that's going to take their job, you know. And so if those three people have the same agenda as the guy that you fired, then firing that guy is doing no good at all or trying to send him to jail or any of that shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's the swamp is deep, as they say. Yeah, deep and wide and and uh, gross. And, and uh, you know, it, it's no wonder why they got rid of Tucker Carlson and they paid up paid Dominion hundreds of billions of dollars how much was it again how much do they give them to who to dominion oh uh 800 million dollars i think was it 800 million or 800 billion oh uh i think million but yeah, that that seems more likely but anyway they paid them a shit ton of money they got mm -hmm. rid of their biggest ratings guy which was tucker carlson and it's no it's no mystery why they did that. They 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 can't have someone who's going to tell the truth out there. So they're going to replace him with Sean Hannity, who is, in my opinion, just a 
he's just as corrupt and as big of a scumbag. I'm trying to be as nice as possible, I guess. I don't know why. He's just um, an actor. He's like, uh, you sent me a thing of uh, Obama last week, and you were like, I hate this fucking guy, or whatever you said. And I was like, he's just an actor, dude. He's just doing, he's just reading the script that he's told to read. Yeah. So the all of these people are not the people that we need to be going after. It's like people that we don't know about above those people. And hopefully th there's people smarter than us that are finding out who those people are, you know? Yeah. And I came across this thing the other day. It was actually, I, I told you I still have an AOL account and I, I get decent emails on there every once in a while. Mainly it's just spam, but I check it. And I also read the, uh, the bullshit articles they have. I don't read the articles. I just kind of peruse the headlines mm -hmm. and it's just a fake news bonanza. Um, why did I start to tell you this? Um, damn it. Why am I, I totally, I don't even smoke pot anymore. And I totally just lost what I was trying to say to you. Oh, they, I, I came across this thing and it was talking about all the uh, major newscasters and how much money they make every year. And these people make literally millions of dollars, the top people, every year. So it's no wonder they just read off the teleprompter what they're supposed to read and don't question it. And you get a guy like Tucker who, I, I mean, everybody likes money, but obviously he realizes, I don't need any more money. I, that's not my motivation for being on this planet. I have all the money I'm ever going to spend. But then you got people that 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 is completely their motivation. They don't give a shit. They it's all greed and and they don't want to get fired. And and uh, Sean Hannity's one of those people. I I told you I wish I had the video about him with that guy uh, talking about 9/11 and the guy was making all these uh, valid points and Hannity was just shutting him down and calling him a quack and all this and it was really gross display of fake journalism you know he wouldn't even listen to this guy and that's when i realized like oh he's just they're they're all you know pieces of shit essentially yeah well and they've all got earpieces in and they've got people in their ears screaming at them telling them what questions to ask and what what questions to avoid and you know so when uh the 9-11 guys saying well you know this building did this and and explosives were probably placed here. And, and the, the whole time he's got somebody in his ear going, change the fucking subject. Don't acknowledge any of that. Just move on, move past it. And so then Sean Hannity's like, yeah, that's great. So it says here that you, and then he just goes into whatever question he has. Cause he's just following the script, man. They're all actors. They're not. That's why they hate Trump. That's one of the thousand reasons that they hate Trump is because he's not acting when he goes out there. Granted, he'll do a speech every once in a while and read it, you know, but if you watch any of his speeches, you can tell when he's reading the teleprompter and when he's like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of a story and like breaks off from something completely. He just says what he wants and he says the truth and he says what he believes, you know, and most of these people aren't doing that. They're just pushing the narrative that they're pushing. He was so great in that Republican National Convention, dude. I mean, his speech, he took he stood up there and talked for like 50 minutes straight. And you could tell he was just he was just talking from his heart. He wasn't uh, he wasn't reading a damn thing and he had no notes and he was just talking and made complete sense. And, you know, you're right. They are just all actors. And that's completely what Biden is. There's a rumor that there's some guy from England, some some uh, actor that's that's playing Biden and they've showed his picture and shit. It does look like the new Biden, um, a lot. 
So what? Uh, he's just going around and doing parties and stuff, or? Well, I don't know. I think they. I. I mean, who knows if the real Biden's even alive? I mean, if you want to get into the conspiracy weeds about it, I mean. Yeah. It, it definitely looks like a different guy, and I think they're definitely just using him for to be their puppet. Um, if he is alive, you know, and he's. Again, we've said this a million times, but that's why they chose Joe Biden to be the nominee. They could have picked a lot of people better than him to be the Democratic nominee. You know, they did. They knew they were going to cheat. They knew Biden would go along with anything they had as far as cheating goes or being uh, nefarious. And so that's why they, they picked that guy. And he's obviously completely compromised by China and, and uh, Ukraine and everything else. Uh, so that's why they chose him. But the Durham report that just came out, it, it basically, if people are watching this and don't know what the Durham report is, it basically shot down that entire thing about um, Russian collusion and all that bullshit. And it pretty much proved that the people who were screaming it the loudest are the ones who were actually the most corrupt, which we've all known that for a long time. Um, but at this point, if you're paying attention at all and you still aren't on the side of Trump or on the side of Biden and the bad administration, the Clintons and all of them go, even George Bush, who's not a Democrat. If you still think that, that they are the good guys, you're, you've just, you've got complete Trump derangement syndrome at this point, you know, and that guy, speaking of Trump did more than any president of my lifetime, as far as accomplishing things and, and if he said something on Friday, it was done by Monday. Just think what he could have accomplished. He's a freaking workaholic. Just think of what he could have accomplished without having to fight this Russian collusion bullshit literally every day of his presidency. That's true. But at the same time, if if they had just let him go and let him like be president like a normal guy, then he would have done his four years and then they would have put somebody else in there or maybe done his eight years or whatever. But the reason that he, I feel like they knew exactly what everybody was going to do once Trump got in there, because if it is a planned thing, a military thing, secret covert agent thing and all that shit, then they knew from the beginning, like, all right, you're going to get in there. You're going to change this, this and this. And they're going to fucking go after you hard. Like, so be ready for it, you know. And and of course, we planned this 15 years ago. So nobody in your family has done anything illegal. So we've got that on our side, at least, because they're going to try to find something. Uh, speaking of, did you hear about the Giuliani stuff that came out in the last day or two? Uh, I briefly heard something yesterday about it. Um, refresh my memory because I'm not going to speak very intelligently about it. So you well, you apparently he had some chick working for him that he was like fucking on the side while he was still married, and he was like paying her to work for him. And then uh, also did a thing where he was like, "I can't pay you yet because then it'll show up during my divorce. Like, just I owe you this. Like, I can pay you in other ways. Wink, wink, and that kind of shit. And uh, then apparently like she was doing business work for him. So he gave her all of his like email passwords and stuff. So she had all these like, I don't know if they were classified, but like private like emails with the Trump and the Trump team and that kind of shit. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to end up being a thing where it's like none of that matters. Nobody did anything wrong. Or if Giuliani is like full on 
going down. Um, I don't know. So anyway, I found that interesting. But that's just another example of them hating anybody in Trump's orbit and being like, let's find anything. Yeah. Well, that's why they came up with that shit about Jim Jordan being a molesting college wrestlers. Like, come on. <laughs> that, right. That's just a complete smear campaign. I mean, I don't know Jim Jordan, but I think we talked about this when we first started doing this podcast. But um, Jim Jordan is, by all accounts, a salt of the earth person. He's got a great family and uh, was an NCAA champion wrestler. And, and you know. I it just the, it's almost comical at this point, the, the shit that they try to uh, smear people with. I also saw that Trump said that if he's elected again, he's going to he's going to release all the JFK files, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, he said that the last time, too, that he was going to release them. And then he said, I don't remember if it was him or if somebody was quoting him, but it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I was gonna. But then I saw what they were going to release. And it's just not safe for america or something along those lines you know so who knows like that's one of those things that q mentioned was like we can't give out 100 percent of the information that we have or there would be like a multi country involved world war you know like so many different countries are keeping so many secrets from other different countries and if everybody knew about all of them then we would all just hate one another. So like some things have to stay totally secret. But as far as Jim Jordan goes, like that's one of the, that's a good example of like the, the levels that they dive down to where it's like, uh, Oh, Jim Jordan molested a kid. And it's like, no, but he was there when it happened. And it's like, Oh, so like he was involved and they're like, no, but he knew about it. And you're like, so did he like see him and stuff? And it's like, no, but he heard things from other people. And that's it. And so now you're at the point where it's like not even a crime anymore where a guy's like, oh, yeah, I heard, you know, that coach like showering with boys or whatever. And he's just like, I don't know anything about that. I've never seen it. Like, that's the crime that they're convicting him or like uh, accusing him of. Right. And, and it's like, even if it came out that like, oh, yeah, he did hear that from a guy. Like that means nothing. He still wasn't there when it happened. He wasn't there to stop it. He wasn't there to like turn anyone in or anything like that. There was just stories being told if that's even true. And it's about half and half on witnesses that they've interviewed for different stories and different court cases and stuff. And half of them are like, yeah, I kind of heard that through the grapevine, but I never saw anything. And then the other half is like, well, I didn't see anything either, but I definitely heard about it. So well, that's also that's also one of their main tactics that they use is they'll put something out there that's not true at all. But the people who are only half half atten paying attention, then then later on, they're the ones like, but didn't he do this? And you're like, no. But by that time, they've told that lie so many times that, yeah, you know, even when I they mean, come out and, and admit that that wasn't true. That's it's what still... the Durham thing is, is all about. You know, that's exactly yeah. what they did with the Durham thing. They were like, we want america to think that the fbi is looking into trump so the fbi goes to like mother jones which is like a shitty left-wing newspaper and talks to that guy whatever that guy's name is and then the other guy from like uh i don't know like medium or one of those weird left-leaning newspaper things and they're like hey uh the fbi is looking into trump 
So then they write an article that says the FBI is looking into Trump for Russian collusion and shit. So then the FBI sees that article and is like, oh, well, we're not, but we should go talk to Trump about this. So then it becomes the FBI goes and visits Trump in the White House. And then the story is just taken off by then. So now NBC and ABC and all these can be like, well, we haven't proven anything, but people are saying that uh, the FBI is looking into Trump for Russian collusion and shit. And that, you know, six months after that shit starts, as long as it keeps going and people like me are like too, that was in the early days. So I was too scared to be like, I don't know if he did anything with Russia. I was just sitting back going, fuck, he did shit with Russia. Like, God damn it. Like things were going so well, like the tax thing came out and like this and that. And, and now it's Russian collusion shit. So, I mean, now we can look back and, and realize like none of that was true. The dossier wasn't true. Like there's uh, I saw that clip the other day of them going from news person to news person. That's like, uh, like many things in the dossier have been corroborated. And then it cuts to the next guy and he's like, things in the dossier have been corroborated. And like 10 people say that. And then it cuts to one guy that's like, well, nothing has been corroborated yet, but nothing has been disproven. And then it cuts to like 10 more people being like, nothing's been disproven. And then like the head of the CIA guy being like, uh, nothing in this has been disproven. And it's like none none of that means anything. It doesn't mean that it that any of it's been validated, you know. So they've got this thing out there that everybody's talking about, and none of it's fucking true. None of it was true the whole time. So I don't know what's going to happen as far as people getting arrested or people going to jail or anything like that. But it is good to just have that out there for the Russian collusion people to be like, no, none of it fucking happened. But there's still half of the country is like, oh, yeah, Trump is Putin's puppet. He's just doing whatever Putin tells him to do. And it's like, I don't see any evidence of that. And and what would possibly be the reason for it, especially after they found no no Russian collusion happened whatsoever? What, why would he be puppet Putin's puppet? You know, I mean, he stands nothing to gain from it. And if, if you no matter how much you don't like Trump's personality, if you can't see that he loves this country and that's why he's doing this we've said it a million times you know if it's for his ego it's for a good reason he wants to be the guy that turned america around and essentially saved it not that he's the second coming of christ or anything but he is the the only guy that's come along that's been honest about this shit and that's a lot of reason people don't like him is because he doesn't say just the politically correct thing he just says whatever like when they when they were trying to um, talked to him about E. Jean Carroll recently, and he's just and the, the lady's like, "Do you consider yourself a star?" And he's like, "Or you know," and he's like, "Well, yeah," <laughs> you know. Yeah, people don't like can... that kind of shit, but it, you know, he is he is a celebrity, and he's very well known. He's one of the most well known people on planet Earth at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, it also speaks to the two tiered justice system as far as the Durham report. I mean, here they've got. They're, they're trying to can they're trying to get Trump for this bullshit, and now you've got proof that Obama and Clinton and all these other dicks were completely um, part of of that lie, election interference and everything else, and it will never be uh, sorted out in traditional courts. At least from what I understand, it's going to have to go to the military, and that's what we want anyway because. 
these people are never going to be brought to justice. They'll get a slap on the wrist or they'll something major is going to come along that will distract everyone from everything, a 9-11 event or, or something like that. Um, and I hope not. I mean, God forbid that would happen again, but it's, we've talked about it many times. It's not, it's definitely not above them. Um, here, I want to, while we're talking about Trump, I want to play Tucker talking about Trump real quick. Is that cool? Yeah. I've understood this very clearly. Russia will never be our closest ally, he said. But if Russia ever becomes China's ally, we're in deep trouble. The combination of natural resources, military and economic power, and sheer population would make the Russian-Chinese alliance the most powerful force in the world. The United States would soon be dethroned. We'd be taking orders. As Trump put it, there is no reason to make Russia our enemy, and there are many reasons not to. It was a sound case, but official Washington ignored him. Their response shouted in unison, Shut up, Putin stooge! And then they set about trying to provoke a war with Russia. Now they have succeeded. But the war we're fighting in Ukraine is not against Russia alone, but also against Russia's newest ally, the People's Republic of China. What Donald Trump predicted has happened, and in the worst way. If the war in Ukraine continues, we will lose no matter how it ends. I hate when they put fucking music in this in these videos like it doesn't need. I guess it helps the algorithm or whatever, but it just bothers me. Is that what it does? That does that help an algorithm when you put music and shit behind what you're saying? I think so. I mean, that, if, no, but if, if if I knew what the algorithm wanted, I'd have a million clicks on every video. So obviously I don't know, but I assume that's why people do it. Cause somebody did it once and it ended up well for him. Um, let's, uh, you want to hear Biden saying some dumb shit or you want to, let's talk about Trump for a second. Like he straight up said before, like Russia's not my friend. I don't want to be friends with these people, but, we don't need to go to war with them. And if Russia and China ever team up together, we're fucked because they've got like a billion or more people between the two of them and they could rule the world if they so chose. And so Trump avoided that. He, he kept China in line. He kept Russia in line. However, he did it behind closed doors. He convinced them to not do anything fucked up. Biden gets in there and this is just another example of why I think Biden was put there to as an example of how shitty things can possibly be. Or he was put there because his family is the most guilty of all of this stuff. Either way, I, I, every day I think like this is part of the plan. It, there's a plan and it, this is part of it because we wouldn't, if America was really America and the news was truthful and did their job and that kind of shit, we would all hate Biden more than we even do right now. We would all be crazy in the streets being like, we don't want this fucking guy as our leader. But instead, like they all work together, you know, that's back to the Trump Russia thing again. The news says one thing, the FBI backs it up. And then the news talks about what the FBI said and they're all in cahoots together. So, yeah. It's a criminal syndicate. It's like the mafia, except instead of it being, you know, like some shit you see in the Sopranos, it's like that, but it's a little bit different because they all pretend to be these good guys. You know, Obama and and Bush and all of them, Clinton, especially um, Bill Clinton. You know, they were such good politicians. You look at them and you're like, oh, there's no way that guy would 
Um, right. It's the Gus Fring thing. You know yes. that is? Oh, yeah. From uh, Breaking Bad. Um, but yeah, it's a criminal syndicate. And it's not just the corrupt ass government. It's not just the Department of Justice. It's not just the CIA and the FBI. It's it's Hollywood and, and big tech. They're all in on it together. And some of the people in Hollywood might not know it. And like Katie Couric and, and people like that might not know. Like, I don't think when they were reporting on 9-11 that they knew that like they were all in on this because that's a lot of people's arguments for things. They're like, well, you know how many people would have to be in on that? And it's like, well, that's not necessarily true. They don't have to be in on it necessarily other than this is what you're going to tell the people. And they're like, they don't yeah. question it because again, they're making millions of dollars and they want to keep their job. So that doesn't even enter into their consciousness. So maybe no. every star who comes out and against Trump or whatever, a lot of times it's just like their agent or whatever being like, okay, you can't come out and publicly support Trump, even if you do, because it'll be career suicide. Um, it's just like that guy that just interviewed uh, Elon Musk. And he's like, well, don't you worry about people who buy Tesla's seeing this? And first of all, Elon Musk has more money than 10 generations could ever spend if they were spending it like drunken sailors. So I don't think he's too worried about money. But it just bothers me that people even bring that up. Like, aren't you worried about what, what people buying Teslas would say? Like, George Soros is a piece of shit <laughs> you know i mean his whole his whole reason for still being alive is to spread social discord and try to erode the fabric of the country so when you got a guy like musk coming out and saying that and all they can think about is is don't you worry about this affecting your bottom line it's like no dude this is freedom of speech and this is my opinion and if you like a tesla i doubt you're gonna be like well i'm not gonna drive that car because you know, Elon Musk thinks George Soros is a uh, um, whatever, whatever it's the, the word. same. It's the same people that boycott Chick-fil-A. You know, if you drive by a Chick-fil-A, they've always got the longest line of any drive through place. And then there's still like that's how you can tell that they're like the the very loud minority. They're like the Twitter people that are like, fuck chick-fil-a i'm never going there ever and then they get all these retweets and shit and all the comments are like yeah you go girl to the dude that said it and uh but then they still have the longest lines of any drive-through so it's like how many people are really boycotting this place obviously not that many and i don't remember what i was talking about before that but it's the same as that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely some products that I'm not going to, you know, I, I came across some Nikes the other day that I really liked and wanted to buy, but I'm like, nope, not supporting Nike anymore um, because they're part of the whole woke NBA thing. And, and you know, even even people like LeBron James, you know, um, he's part of that. He's part of the system as far as like you're a highly influential guy. This is what you're going to say if you want to continue to make this absurd amount of money for hawking Nikes or whatever you're, you're hawking. Um, but yeah, that's completely off the point. Um, what other videos we got that we want to show? Let's see here. We'll just go right into Biden being a dipshit for a minute. Uh, first, let's hear what the biggest threat in the world is. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. 
I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. Oh, I guess it ended there. Be- because that's what you're told to say, you piece of shit. I can't believe. I mean, I can believe it, but it's so gross that he does what he does and says what he says. I mean, white supremacy is the biggest problem facing America. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, I think everybody knows that that's not the case. But I also like uh, what is what was that group called? Patriot Front or something. There's all these groups that I like. I would think at least one of them would reach out to me if they were like an organic group of actual Trump supporters. Like they would have seen my TikTok or something and been like, we need to get this guy. But none of them have. And I assume that's because they're all fucking feds and shit. They're all fake. Like, I think the same thing about the, uh, where was that? Charlottesville. Yeah, that's what I was just going to bring up. All the guys with the tiki torches and shit. Like who would have, who bought all those tiki torches? Like who's the leader of that group that's so organized that he like got the same outfits for everybody and brought everybody an identical tiki torch. Like that takes planning. That takes like some fed shit, like a van load of, of supplies and whatnot and a bunch of actors, if that's what you're going to do. And then, and granted the uh, Charlottesville thing was way before George Floyd or any of the 2020 riots or anything like that. But it was very similar in that there were just people there, whether the Tiki torch guys were organic or not, they were just there being peaceful and walking around and saying the N word or doing whatever they were doing. That's still, according to the constitution, that's peaceful protesting. They're not physically harming anyone. They're not getting up in anybody's face. And then it was all of the Antifa people, the anti-fascist people that were there to be like, no, fuck you. And that's when they crowded around people's cars and shit. And that's why a girl died that day, because a dude's car was surrounded by people that wanted to beat his ass. And he just fucking took off and he's in jail still, as far as I know. But yeah, and then that's when the he Trump gave the press conference after that, that when they quote him as saying there were very fine people on both sides. And that's not at all what he said. Uh, I mean, he did say that sentence, but he wasn't saying white supremacists are very fine people. He was saying people that are protesting the taking down of these statues. A lot of them are fine people. And a lot of the people out there that were protesting, those protesters are fine people also. But then you got, you know, white supremacists and that kind of shit that should be condemned totally. And you've got these Antifa people with black masks on and baseball bats and shit like those aren't good people. Yeah. And I bet they're they're all paid by the same people. Um, even the guys that were being I forget, what do they call those guys? I made a joke about it when it first happened, when I thought it was real. Um, I made a joke about it. I don't like the term blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like calling them diet clan. Um, and that oh, was when t- I, the Tiki torch guys. Yeah. What were they called? I don't remember. Yeah. But th- that those things, it's like the Patriot front group. Those are all bullshit organizations that are paid probably by George Soros, you know, just like without getting into the border right now, which we probably should talk about, um, at some point, but you know, there's plenty of evidence that a lot of those, uh, border crossers back in the midterms when Trump was president, 
um, were during his, I guess he only had one term, um, but during the midterms when they were crossing the border, there's plenty of evidence that those were not real um, migrants, that they were paid actors, a lot of them. Um, so anyway, they, they do that kind of stuff all the time to make the average American just watching TV going, I can't believe this is still happening. Well, take some solace in the fact that it's not really, you know, there's not there's not real people out there. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there, you know, there's a very small minority of people that are still in the clan and still think that they're superior because of their skin color and all that kind of horse shit. But the overwhelming majority of people in this country aren't aren't down with that and they would never allow it to be around them or you know they would never embrace those people and be like you know i feel the same way you do but i just can't say it you know it's just it's uh it's all freaking absurd and they are paid actors and just like the proud boys they those guys weren't what they made them out to be in the news they made them out to be this terrorist organization of white supremacists and most of those guys were freaking mexicans <laughs> they weren't even they weren't even a bunch of white dudes um but they weren't what they made them out to be and i i remember some comedians making jokes about them and i just wanted to be like those aren't what they're making them out to be i don't want to mention the guy's name because i used to like him i think he hates me now too but add um, him to the list yeah, it's great. All right, here's here's one more of Biden being a dipshit, and then we'll talk about what he says also. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just, uh, 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 just an inch Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. Oh, good old Biden. He's just yeah. the fucking worst, man. I mean, that interview that he did with that guy was hard to watch. I didn't watch the entire thing. I can never get through an entire Biden anything. I mean, I have to watch it in chunks because he makes me so sick to my stomach. But, um, yeah, you know, he's acting like, well, it didn't go up anymore. Well, it's already the highest it's ever been, dickhead. How high do you want it to go before you consider it a problem? Yeah. Hey. I mean, it's and I think it will go higher, but that's for a future episode, I guess. But yeah. All right. Um, we've got. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Biden being a dipshit, let's listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. I took this seven minute video and chopped it down to about two minutes. Let's hear what she has to say. Pulls of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland. Since Merrick Garland took over as attorney general, he has completely weaponized the Department of Justice to the point under his control, it has become the Department of Injustice. Oh. Yesterday, I also introduced articles of impeachment against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Since assuming office, Secretary Mayorkas has aided and abetted the complete invasion of our country by deliberately flooding our nation with drugs 
terrorists, and illegal aliens. Mayorkas has allowed approximately 6 million illegal border encounters and 1.4 million known gotaways. But how many more don't we even know about? It is with the highest amount of solemnity that I announce my intention to introduce articles of impeachment today on the head of this America at Last executive branch that has been working since January 20th, 2021 to systematically destroy this country. The President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden. Biden has blatantly violated his constitutional duty and he is a direct threat to our national security. Therefore, Joseph Robinette Biden is unfit to serve as the President of the United States and must be impeached. Out in the real world, where American taxpayers live, employees are fired when they are corrupt or aren't adequately serving their employer or purposely destroying a country, a company. In this case, the employer is the American people because they pay the salaries they pay the salaries of everyone in the federal government. The Constitution outlines a very simple process to fire the corrupt officials serving in the federal government, impeachment. Matthew Graves, Christopher Ray, Merrick Garland, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Joe Biden are all corrupt and unfit to hold office, and they all must be impeached. This concludes impeachment week. And now I can take questions. And of course, they didn't ask her anything that fucking matters. Uh, and then the video feed got cut off. So I don't know what happened after that. But yeah, I don't think any of this will go anywhere. It could. I guess we'll see. But uh, I mean, there's enough Democrats in there and enough like rhino Republicans that I don't think an impeachment is going to go anywhere at this point. Uh, maybe once some more Biden um, information, some more evidence of uh, Biden money laundering and bribes and that kind of shit. Once more of that comes out, then I think most people will have no choice, regardless of what side of the political aisle they're on, but to impeach him. And then Kamala will be president for the last year and she'll fuck shit up even more than it is right now. And then uh, Trump will come back in and fix everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just want to see military tribunals. I want these people to, to pay for what they've done to this country. And, and, and I want to see how great America can become. You know, I mean, in 1913, the country was sold to the central bankers, essentially. And they've been orchestrating and instigating and funding every terrible thing that's happened to us ever since. And... I, I would love to see how great, as great as America is, and as lucky as we are to live here, it could be so much better if we had just stuck to the Constitution and not allowed the central bankers to come in and essentially take everything over the way they did in 1913. I, you know, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but every 15, 20 years since then, they come up with a new major catastrophe, whether it's a war or a pandemic or... Um, you know, famine or, or recession or, or something comes along that probably wouldn't be that way if it weren't for the central bankers. And she said something about Homeland Security and it made me, it reminded me of 
the flight I was just on and they always go through my shit and not always, but a lot, a lot of times, you know, I'll think everything's good with my bag and there's nothing for them to go through. And eventually and they'll, they'll pull it off the damn thing and go through it. And it's always for some bullshit reason. And then I get to my hotel room and I realize I've got this stuff called Manuka honey for your throat. And I put it in a pill bottle cause it's expensive and, uh, put it in my in my shaving bag and if if they had if homeland security wasn't a joke it's namely tsa they would have found that and be like what the hell is this because it looks like something that you could make a bomb out of or something it's all thick and honey like and um you know you can't have a bottle of water but i can have this substance and i had two of them like there if that was explosive i would have had enough there to to do whatever and uh it's just a joke and i get these little note cards all the time saying we've gone through your shit Mm -hmm. and that's all from the patriot act and this this plan to destroy america has been in the the works for a long time and they've handed down their orders to bush and obama and biden and whoever else however long this has gone on um and maybe they didn't realize what they were doing but they were part of it whether they whether they rationalized it or not um, so this has been going on for a long time, this whole criminal syndicate thing. And I would just like it to see, I would just like to see America be what America could be, you know, where it was just, where just the talented people got noticed for their comedy or, or for whatever, instead of just the people who are, who are towing the company line, so to speak, and not joking about certain things because you can't do that. Or I'm going off on a tangent, probably, you know, going in the wrong direction, but I would just like to see America be a talent-based thing again in whatever whatever avenue you're in, you know, whether it's business or sports or comedy or entertainment, you know, rather than just like the way it is now. Agreed. Speaking of uh, the TSA, I forget who it was, and I don't remember if it was a video I saw or if it was a comic in real life, but they were talking about how they had a bottle of water and they went through the airport line and the airport guy's like, you can't bring that on the plane. And he's like, why not? And the guy's like, because it could be a bomb. And he was like, all right, take it then. And the guy took it and put it in a trash can right next to him. And then was like, all right, you're good. And the guy's like, it's either a bomb or it's not. Like, if it's not a bomb, give me it. And if it is, then why are you putting it in a fucking trash can five feet away from you? Why is there not a bomb squad in here? Why are you not like putting it in a bucket of wet cement or something to like protect everybody. They're like, nah, just set it over there. It's fine. I don't know. It was funnier when he said it, but well, it's, 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 it's mind numbing how freaking they've, they employ all these people who just know that's the rule. They never question why it's the rule, you know, that that's anyway. All right, you want to you want to talk about uh, uh, tattoo identifications, or you want to talk about woke school shit? Um, gosh, I don't know. Maybe woke school shit goes along better with what we've been talking about. All right, let's listen to this lady first. Regular Tuesday, her art teacher asked her to stay after school for art club. And so we gave our consent for her to attend art club that day. But when she got there, she very quickly learned it was actually gender and sexuality awareness club. 
And not just that, but the art teacher had invited in an outside presenter into the classroom that day. And this woman did absolutely unthinkable things with the kids. She used flags to describe umbrella terms, telling the kids if they're not fully comfortable in their biological sex, that means they're transgender. She told them that queer is a term to use while you're still figuring out your sexuality. She talked about polyamory. She told them that these new labels that they had just adopted made them more likely to commit suicide and talked extensively about suicide. Mm. She talked to them about puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. She said that their parents might not be safe, that they don't have to tell parents where they are, not just for this meeting, but for future meetings she holds. In oh, I cut it off there because they just interrupted her. But uh, yeah. Okay, so that leads right into this next thing. Boom. Um, Martin, can you switch? Uh... Life shades pronouns are they that? He or she just doesn't fit who I am. My apologies. Please switch their piece. Now, the plan. Fucking, they're coming for your kids, dude. They are. I mean, I, I saw that video and I saw some of the comments that would be like, take it easy, it's a robot. And it's like, well, dude, that is how they, that, that is why so many kids nowadays think they're stuck in the wrong body because they're confusing the shit out of them. And it's child abuse. And it's it's not just, you know, if you're against it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're some homophobe. It's just that you it's gross they're 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 brainwashing these children and it's fucking gross (laughs) (laughs) uh all right and then uh this last one or the last one on this subject i like i've i remember seeing this as a kid and it made sense then but it makes more sense now with uh whatever else we got going on in the world Who's to say that the boy would be happier your way or mine? Why not let him decide? Now, I'm afraid it don't work that way. You can't let a young one decide for himself. He'll grab at the first flashy thing with shiny ribbons on him. Then when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter, it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. And all a parent can do is say, wait, trust me try to keep temptation away and that reminds me of me being a kid and asking my parents certain things and them just being like i'll tell you when you're older or you know you'll understand when you're older or whatever you know and i would beg to have like whatever thing i wanted or i would want to go to like a skating party on a tuesday or something like that and they would be like no you can't. And I'd be like, you're ruining my life. And they'd be like, you'll understand in a few years why you can't go to a fucking party on a school night. Uh, You know, that kind of stuff. But at the time, you're just like, my parents hate me and I fucking hate them. But now looking back, I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad that my parents instilled a little bit of responsibility in me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, Andy Griffith was good at nailing shit, and and that's that's true. You know, you, you can't let kids decide certain things. I mean, they can play around with the idea, I guess, but um, you know, let them be kids. 
what else do we got? Do we want to talk more politics stuff or do we want to talk about your special in today being your sobriety day? Uh, well, we can do this tattoo ID thing real quick. It's only 50 seconds. So let's do that and then we'll talk about whatever. Okay. Willing to get an electronic tattoo like this or would you be willing to take a pill like this in order to authenticate yourself into your phone, your bank and all your personal sensitive softwares? Check this out right now. Authentication is irritating. This is a developmental system made by MC10 and it has uh, an antenna and some sensors embedded in it and what we plan to do is work with them to advance a tattoo that could be used for authentication. It may be true that 10 to 20 year olds don't want to wear a watch on their wrist, but you can be sure that they'll be far more interested in wearing an electronic tattoo if only to piss off their parents. I take a vitamin every morning. What if I could take vitamin authentication? What? This pill has a small chip inside of it with a switch and it creates an 18-bit ECG-like signal in your body and essentially your entire body becomes your authentication token. Uh. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good example of one of those things that they say there's like three stages to technology for a human being. Like whatever exists from the time you're born until you're 18 is just the way that the world is. Whatever comes out between like age 18 and age 40 is like new and exciting. And anything that comes out after you turn 40 is just this is fucking crazy we don't need this in the world and that's how i'm starting to feel but at the same time i'm i acknowledge the fact that we're headed down this road like the way elon talks about ai and that kind of stuff like we're gonna end up with one world government we're gonna end up with uh video cameras in our eyes and sensors in our skin and that kind of shit it's just a matter of like who owns the company that gives us these things and what powers do they have over us and, and how much power do we have with the thing? Like AI is a good example of something like if I could take the infinite knowledge of the internet and just plug it into my brain and be able to recall anything at any moment, that's convenient. But if some company can use that same device and read my thoughts and see my dreams and that kind of shit and be like, oh, you dreamed about the wrong thing. You're going to jail, buddy. Like, I, I can't. That would just it's like when someone says, like, don't imagine an elephant. And then, of course, all you can imagine is an elephant. And so that when it comes out like, hey, we're reading your brain, so don't think about you know, punching babies or anything, then I'm going to be like, fuck, like now I'm think I wasn't even thinking about it. And so then they can get you on that. Anyway, like uh, we are headed towards some technological shit that's going to seem crazy to us, but hopefully it will end up like for the best or whatever. Well, and I'm not a, I do, I do believe eventually it's going to all be for the best. I mean, especially if you believe in the plan and you believe that this is all, you know, for the greater good eventually, and that a lot of this stuff has to happen to get there. Um, but what she was talking about also, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the book of Revelations. Um, it's pretty confusing when you try to read it, to be the honest with you. The beast. But that's the part of the, that's part of the book of Revelations, the mark of the beast and all that shit. And if people read the book of Revelations, 
I don't think they would ever be okay with that, which is part of the reason there's been this war against like God and spirituality for so long, other than like, you know, things that they think are, are, are safe. You know, this country was, was founded on God and, and anyway, they've been, uh, there's been a war against that stuff for a long time. Do we have any more videos we want to play before we talk about something that we can use for clips for the, uh, for the, the, the internet that they'll Facebook and all those dicks will be okay with. Nope. We've played all the videos that we had for today. All right. Well then, uh, today is eight years since you stopped drinking. Is that right? That is right. Yep. Uh, eight years ago today was a, a shitty Saturday morning and, uh, I felt like a giant piece of shit and I promised myself for the millionth time that, that I was never drinking again. Uh, but it actually stuck that day. I don't know. It's a, l- a little bit longer story. I've, if you look at the thing scrolling across the bottom, you can go to, uh, oh, I guess my Facebook isn't on there, but you can go to mikeisfunny.com and there's a link to my Facebook and you can read the whole big long thing. Or I guess it's on Twitter too. Either way, yep, eight years. It's no big deal. Uh, the first few weeks were kind of rough, but after that, it just sort of became normal. And And since then, it's been like just, I don't want to break my streak, you know? And I'm like, I mean, I could like, as, especially when I'm somewhere where it's like the, the comedy show is in the hotel that I'm staying at. I'm like, this would be an ideal night for me to just get hammered. I don't have to drive anywhere. I can go back to my room. Like, but I just, I'm like, it's not worth it to break the streak just to get fucked up in a hotel room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my streak's over 12 years now for drinking, and the only time I consider, I don't consider it ever seriously, but the only time I miss it is uh, if I'm doing a show that sucks, or it's like an open mic, and I'm trying to write new stuff, or, or, you know, sometimes it helped with crowd work, you know, just because I was so, like, so ballsy when I had a few drinks in me, I would just say whatever, and... Now, when I do an open mic, especially, and I'm trying to work out new stuff, especially like serious stuff, like make 9-11 funny and shit, um, a couple of cocktails would really help that. But it's ultimately not worth ruining my life. And I, I'm a streaky guy, too. Like, I, I, if I was to drink, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'll just start another streak tomorrow. I would be off to the races. Right. Uh, I'd be like, well, I fucking drink again. So. Yeah. Yeah. No reason to stop now. I've already broken the streak. And you touched on this in your Facebook post about how you were able, you had good shows that night that you decided to quit drinking. Well, for me, I was in Orlando, Florida, and I had one of those nights on like a Friday. And I decided that when I came in on Saturday, I wasn't going to drink. And, and I didn't for the first show. And I mean, I'd certainly had shows sober before but it had been a long time and i i came in and didn't drink at all went up stone cold sober and i had a good set but like 10 minutes into it i i got this like i got all of a sudden i got super anxious and i could like feel everyone i know you're getting looked at but i could feel everyone looking at me and all of a sudden i was just like in my head like what are you doing right now you're trying to make strangers laugh like sometimes i don't think about how i don't think we think about how weird and uncommon that is 
what we do for a living, but standing in front of a room full of strangers to make them laugh is not a normal uh, occupation. And anyway, I had this like mini panic attack on stage and I got through it. And fortunately it was a good crowd and everything kept coming out the right way. Cause I'd been doing it a long time, even 12 years ago, I've been doing it a long time, but I got off stage and went straight to that bar. And I was like, I'm definitely going to stop doing this, but I'm going to wait until I have a break. <laughs> and I had like two or three weeks off the road. And, and that's when I started was when I, I got home, I like picked a date on the cal calendar and I stuck to it. Um, and I said this in a comment that I sent you on Facebook, um, one that I'm proud of you, but two, you and I have so many similarities when it comes to stand up and the road we've taken and some of the dumb shit we've done and, um, the revelations we've had as we've gotten older in this business. And was it you who threw a rock through a Denny's window? I did that with my with my fist. Ah, I just remember a Denny's window being broken at one point. Yeah, that 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 cost me about ten grand and uh, some sweet weeks. And uh, yeah, I was at a Denny's in a Denny's with uh, Conrad Courtney and I forget the other guy's name, Brian Niffen, I think. Mm -hmm. two, two of the skinnier comedians in the country, and um, Conrad was really funny. I don't think he does comedy anymore, but. Um, Anyway, we got kicked out of Denny's and uh, the week before I had been at like this bachelor party with all these big football players I went to high school with and we were just being obnoxious jackasses and nothing happened. And I, it was like, but it was like one of the most fun nights of my life and we were all wasted. And the next week it was a Sunday and I hadn't drank all weekend. And for some reason on Sunday, I decided to just get hammered. And it was one of those nights where like there was no manager. It was just like Conrad and Brian were in charge and the bar is just there and open and free. And so I just got hammered. And then I'm like, let's go to Denny's. You know, I just had a great time at Denny's. Let's recreate that. So we went to De we went to Denny's and I was wasted and they kicked me out for some reason. And Conrad and Brian went to their car and it was all this ice on the parking lot. And I, I, I was mad because they kicked us out. So I hit the side. It was a big plate glass window too. It's crazy how strong I am when I'm drunk. And I hit the side of the, the window three times and on third time it just shattered. And Brian and Conrad are like, come on, let's go. And I've been to that parking lot since then and seen how small it is and how short of a distance I had to go to get to the car. And instead of like jogging, even though it was on ice, I was just like, fuck them, because I'm wasted. And I just start strolling across the thing to the car. And these five dudes come out of Denny's and nail me from behind. And I remember falling and coming like an inch from hitting my head on a bumper. And my last thought that I really remember before I woke up in jail was, this is going to be bad. <laughs> uh. And they drug me across that ice and I got like 16 stitches in my knee. And I woke up in jail and all I remembered was glass breaking and getting jumped. So I thought I was like, I thought they had totally, you know, you thought you I'm were the victim. <laughs> yeah. And I'm laying in jail. I'm laying on the floor of this jail and uh, I'm like, no one read me my rights. And I remember this comedian or this uh, cop going, you got the right to remain silent. And, and I was like, Oh, you're funny. We need you down at open mic night. You're a funny fucker and all this. And the next day, when I was waiting to get out, I had to go in this cell with these other 10 dudes and 
I was telling them the story and they're like, that was you, dude, you were hilarious last night. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was saying all this crazy shit. But anyway, um, I finally quit drinking and I'm glad you did too. And, you know, you're doing well now and you've got a special coming up. You're going to film it on June 3rd, right? At Kansas City Comedy Club. Correct. Yep. And I'm, I, uh, I'm getting more and more anxious, but I would say I'm getting less anxious and more excited about it. You know, um, I had a good week in Tampa this last week. I did like seven shows there. So it was a good practice week. Um, I headlined a few of the shows and then I just, Oh, we did a two man show with me and John Caparulo. So, uh, and I had never really done this before. When you do a two man show, like I'd straight up explain to the audience, like, here's how comedy works. Like there's a guy who comes up first and he's not funny and he just does like some announcements or whatever. And then he brings up the second guy and the second guy's really funny and he'll do like 20 minutes and then that guy will leave. And then the first guy comes back and he'll introduce the main guy who's John Caparulo this week, who everybody knows and everybody clapped and shit. And then I was like, but tonight, there's no middle guy. And for whatever reason, that got like a laugh every night. And I was like, so I have to be the first guy who sucks and the middle guy who's hilarious. And so I just wanted you guys to know that so you can know what a fucking predicament the club put me in. And I uh, got a big <laughs> laugh every night and <laughs> and it, it went pretty well. And but anything and it, it was just good to practice like what order I'm saying shit in. I did sort of different sets like each show. Like I was like, all right, this show I'm doing the first 20 minutes of my headline set. And then the next show I'm doing like the middle 20 minutes of my headline set. And it worked pretty well and uh, sold a bunch of shirts and uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. Well, that's something you've always been really good at with comedy is explaining things to an audience in a comical way. You know, just like explaining to them, like I would that would never even occur to me to go out there because I hate two man shows. I hate when I'm headlining a two man show. It just messes up the dynamic of it somehow. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I I feel bad for the middle guy, but especially but even when I'm like I said, headlining it, it just throws everything off a little bit. Um, but that's genius to go up there and just be like, you know, here's how this works. And this is why it's going to be a little bit awkward or, or whatever, potentially awkward or whatever. But. Yeah, that's something at, that you, at, you've always been good at. Thanks. At the end of the show or at the end of my part, I was like, all right, that's it for me. I'm Mike Baldwin. And then I stood there for a second and then I leaned into the mic and I was like, hey, I'm the host again. Like, <laughs> and so everybody clapped and I was like, give it over that last guy, huh? And everybody clapped again and shit. I was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of T-shirts from that guy. <laughs> and then I just brought up the headliner. It was a fun week. But then I... uh yeah, I got to headline a couple of the shows and and that was fun too. That like basically sealed the deal in my brain like all right, I can do an hour without even thinking about it. And I can do all of this shit, get it all out there, retire it and then start over. Speaking of Tampa and drinking, man, I had some great freaking times uh drinking and doing comedy in Tampa. I haven't worked there in years, but when the, was the, did you do the improv or did you do side splitters? I've never done side splitters. I'd like to talk mm. to you about how to maybe get in with that with that club. Um, I haven't done the improv in a long time, but I 
and Tampa, but I had some great freaking times down there in Ebor City and all that. And I did it once. Featuring's the easiest job in the world, and you just, uh, you know, I would go out there and immediately start ordering drinks, and they had this kick-ass stuff called chicken schnitzel or something, and I would eat that and just get wasted, and uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, I think I've told this story about, or maybe I, we weren't on, on, we weren't recording yet, the story about opening for Steve Trevino. Yeah. Did I, yeah, did I, I tell that on the podcast, or did I just no, tell you? You just told me. Well, anyway, one of the big rules of comedy is like, stick to your time. Don't go. They'll tell you how much time to do. Don't go over your time. And I didn't think about this at the time, but the opposite is true, too. Don't go under your time. I was doing I was featuring for a dude named Steve Trevino, who was like a seasoned veteran or whatever at the time. Like he'd been doing it a long time. He had a good set and all that stuff. But it was a Halloween show. There was a few people in the audience like with costumes on and shit. I was still drinking at the time. I don't think I was trashed. But anyway, I went up. I did like 13 minutes. I was supposed to do 30 minutes. And after 13 minutes up there, I, I could feel my face sweating. I was red, like blushing because I was just so embarrassed that like every sentence I was saying, not only were they like not laughing, but like a dude was going like after I would say punchlines and stuff, it was just bad. And I was just like, I hated every second of it. And so I was like 13 minutes in, I told one joke. It didn't go over either. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm done. That's the end of me, you guys. And I see Steve Trevino sitting in the back of the room and he had just gotten a plate with like a, a steak and like a baked potato and shit. In his mind, he's got 17 minutes to just casually eat his steak. And he's like cutting in to his steak. And I'm like, all right, that's it. Good night. And he just like freezes and looks at me and just like drops the silverware. He's shaking his head and shit and like walks past me like you fucking idiot. And then we had to share a condo that weekend. So then we went back to the condo and he's just like, yeah, don't ever fucking do that. And I was like, eh, they weren't digging me. I just wanted to. And he's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if they're not digging you. You fucking just talk until y your time is up. Yeah. Did, anyway, did, didn't you say he said, I don't care if you're crying up there. Uh -huh. He was like, I don't <laughs> care if they're booing you. I don't care if you start crying, like stay up there. Just finish your time. Yeah, I, I remember one time, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I was doing this shitty one-nighter with Keith Rainey, and I was headlining, and he was featuring. It was a it was a Richard Corp gig. It was just terrible. And uh, I'm staying, sitting there with my girlfriend, and I'm eating, and and he goes into his closer, and he'd done seven minutes. And I go, and he's supposed to do 30. And I said to my girlfriend at the time, I go, I go, he's closing. And she was like, well, maybe he's just closing on something else. And I remember going, no, that's all he's got. And I was <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> and Keith, I doubt you're listening to this, but um, if you are, God bless you. It's all good. But you only did eight minutes that night, you dick. And uh, I had to do, and Richard Corp came up. And I, I, you know, I've been doing comedy for a little while this time, but I didn't have like well over an hour or anything. And I remember going a little bit, a few minutes short because Keith went so short. And Richard Court being like, I've got a contract. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about your stupid contract. This is a fucking one-nighter, dude. It's some shit bar. Um, 
but yeah always do your time kids if you're watching this and uh i know a few comedians watch this show we've actually had a couple people reach out to me and be like i appreciate what you and mike baldwin are saying because i've said some of this stuff and people don't respect me the way they do you guys and uh not that we're big shots or anything but um you're welcome buddy um stick to your guns <laughs> hell yeah all right what else uh, I think that's probably it. This thing, this uh, podcast is is growing a little bit every day, and we appreciate you guys. We're on Rumble, we're on Rockfin, um, we're going to be putting clips up on YouTube um, because they're choking out my channel anyway. So we're going to put up some stuff that that they can uh, that they're okay with, you know, our drunk stories and whatever. Um, we probably won't put any political stuff on YouTube because they they don't appreciate anything that has to do with the us. truth. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate the support. And, uh, you know, if you want to send us, if you just want to tip us or send us money or any of that stuff, then you're certainly welcome to. And, uh, yeah, keep supporting the, the channel and, and send it or excuse me, share it and all those good things. And, uh, you got anything else you want to say, Mike? Uh, no, I agree with everything you just said. If you, if you want to send either of us money separately, then that's fine. But if you want to send us money and specify that it's for the betterment of the show, then, uh, if you, whether you give it to me or Tim, we will use it towards the show. We'll do something. We'll buy Tim a new microphone or get him a camera that doesn't make him look like he's half my size or, uh, <laughs> something we've definitely got places where we could invest uh some money we just uh need a sponsor or two but if, if even without one i think we still do a, an all right job just doing shit the way that we do it so uh yeah thanks to all you guys thanks for the likes and the shares and that kind of stuff and yep and as always go to making it happen m-a-c-a-n it happen.com help out little bo making and his family i think i forgot that the last couple times but uh he still needs help and uh that's it god bless all of you thanks for tuning in and take care goodbye goodbye